Welcome to the Training Ground Guru podcast in association with Huddle. For this month's episode, Simon Austin went to the Blackburn Rovers training ground to speak with Stuart Downing. Over to Simon. Thanks very much for hosting us here at Brock Hall today, Stuart. Yeah, no problem. Looking forward to it. How's training gone and what, what have you done today? Well, it was a tough one today. Uh, Tuesday, they call it our hit day where we get, you know, plenty in the legs. Uh, not running, but more like, you know, more minutes and more distance covered probably is it so it's more your tough day done a gym session this morning uh plenty five aside a few keep balls and etc etc so quite an enjoyable day is your week a lot different than it used to be when you started out yeah 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 yeah. certainly i mean you can do that as a young player i watch a young lads now and they run around like play a game and the next day they're ready to go again it's like no, i wouldn't i wouldn't be able to do that I, you know i've got to be realistic i'm fit i can do the running and do the, but obviously i've played a lot more games in the legs more wear and tear and, and I can train every day, but to get the maximum, I think, on a Saturday, the manager has to manage me properly, which it does. And I always remember, uh, you know, a physio at Middlesbrough said to me, you know, when the knee injury you've had and stuff, players have probably had this at other clubs, you probably won't get past 30, 31 if you keep playing every uh, week. And, okay. But like you said, the sports science changes. You know, mm-hmm. we didn't go in swimming pools and bikes and ice baths when we were younger. It was just, well, are you fit? You're playing. It was none of that. I think even surgery now, if you had a cruise ship maybe years ago, you were done. Now it's, you know, you see people three, four cruises still playing at a high level, still earning good money and playing. And so I think everything's, a lot of it's changed. And, you know, the manager's quite quite good on that side of it. He knows he's, he knows when to full tilt people, when to hold them back. And he just says to me, you know, you, you tell me if you're not right, if you're not. And we have, we have simple conversations. It's simple management from him. Are you ready to play yet? Yeah. You're playing tomorrow, maybe left back. Is that all right? No problem. Bang. It's finished. Mm. That, 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 it's so simple. You know, people think we have all these... I don't know, arguments, he can't play and he can't. We have simple 30 second conversations with me and the manager. Right. Are you good to go? Yeah, how's your knee? Fine. You're playing. Yeah. That's it. I'm going to rest you this game, no problem. Ready for the next one. Mm. I know my job. I know what he wants from me and I, and I just try and give him the best I can when I play. No, that's interesting. Would your training programme be very different from, say, a younger player then? And would you yeah. be looking at the loading a lot to be careful yeah. that you're not overloading yourself? Yeah, you're bang on there. Probably the loading. Uh, so. I'm, I'm saying, for instance, a week-to-week game, Saturday, Saturday, maybe Monday, I'd be indoors. I could be swimming. It's not that really, I'm, I'm indoors having a cigar and chilling out. It's, you know, I'll be on a bike, I'd be different loading. I'll be on a bike, I might have to swim, I might have to do an upper body circuit. And you might get, say, for instance, I'm going to use a name like a Joe Ratton Costello, 20-year-old, he'd be out, he could train. He can go full tilt. He needs to get the minute in, the, the loading. Tuesdays, obviously, I like to be out because it's a hit day. Uh, get it in my legs Wednesday's rest Thursday will depend on what the manager wants to do he might say listen you can stay in again do your gym but if you're working on tactics and he needs me out there I can go out and do that a little bit and then and then leave the session later on it, it all depends on you know how we're going and what he wants from me but I just go by what he wants me to do really and it, you know we just feed off each other and Friday's obviously more of a down day it's you set pieces a little bit of fast sharp stuff for half an hour and then we're in then ready for the game Saturday and Sunday's your rest so I'd probably do less loads than the lads but I'm doing it in a different way of I'll be loading more like you said like lungs wise swimming biking so the the loads off my knee so mm-hmm. I'm still getting to work but like I said it's different types of loading and uh, I think that's what helps players play longer and I mean if you're playing left back for example you're covering a heck of a lot of distance aren't you in a game especially in because you're providing the width aren't you in this system yeah, and that, that's what the manager said to me. Like I say, I don't need you doing five, six, seven k every day, and then I need you to do thirteen on a Saturday. That I'm, you probably only play another year. 
he's thinking you know, he looks after me long term like I said he, he might come to me Friday and say listen I can think of a way of beating Fulham you're not going to play I won't be very happy but <laughs> he might say listen but you need to be ready for Tuesday right okay and I've got in my head I might come on for half an hour Fulham train Sunday train Monday ready to go Tuesday I've always got to be ready because if I come in and don't do the job then it's easy for him to leave me out Would you get very involved in your analysis as well? Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, always wanting to learn more, more because I'm looking at the long term of the coaching I just like to see how they speak to players what they want from them I mean I don't know if you've seen these boards all these touch screen and I mean, I'm not really technical yeah, yeah, yeah. technology man so I'm trying to learn all that and I do like that side of it and like I said because that, that, that could be me in a year two or three you know teaching young players how to you know be better and get in a better position so I do like that side of it and uh, like I said I'm, I'm still playing so I can still improve like I said to you earlier I'm playing left back I've not done it for many many years I've learned a lot in this system playing the manager's way of different ways I can affect the team so you can always, you'll always keep learning. If you did your analysis session, is that on a Thursday that you would do that ahead of a Saturday? So Thursday, it would be, you know, we'd work on that. I don't know, say like for instance, Fulham come the week and we work, obviously, you know, they're attacking players, how we would stop them. Except on Friday, will be a video that shows how they play, what they're doing. He's obviously thought of his personnel to stop that. And then, and then we'll go up against it and then try and do it against maybe the, the lads who weren't starting or the 23s will come across and they'll try and replicate of what Fulham might do. And then we work on it from there, and then, and like I say, and then it's Friday afternoon. I'm guessing the manager will make his last minute. You know, if he might, he might see something training he didn't like and tweak it, and et cetera, et cetera. So then, you know, there's no, no excuses come the game day. And mm. would you always get quite a big say in that? Could you say, Tony, I think we should do this, or mm. I should play in this way? Or? Yeah, I mean, you get some manager go, no, 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 it's my way or the, or the highway. You can't do it, you out. But our manager says you've got to have a good relationship with your players because you're the ones who ultimately are going out to, to do a job for him. You know, so if he says, listens to like, for instance, he says to me, I wouldn't play your left back if it was up against a, a Dharma Triori. I mean, nine times out of ten, he's probably going to burn me and run past me. But, you know, it's all about using your players. And, you know, it's only saying he wants me to play in ten positions. You've got to be comfortable doing that. And if you're not, then the manager will say, you know, if you're not comfortable, I need to know because I can get someone else. And all that will come into it. And like I said, fitness, he might say, I'm going to play centre midfield. Can you do the 90? I might need you for 90 minutes this week, all this. So very open with his players and I think you've got to be because ultimately like he says it's his job on the line and, and, and we're the ones who have to go out and you know and keep him in a job and, and keep ourselves on a new contract so everything's got to be clear before we, we kick off say a lot, a lot of games we're playing and the managers it's trusting your players I, I guess he trusts us to speak to him and you know and we might say Gaffer you know on the pitch I mean I remember we played Forrest a couple of weeks ago and the manager in the middle of the game we're getting a little bit overrun in the middle we flipped it round I went as the number 10, Corey Evans went back one. We get back into the game and then, you know, and the manager said, I can see on the pitch you've already changed that. He's not going to spit his dummy out and go, well, why did you change? I didn't tell you to. It's, you know, we're football players, we've played a lot of games and he says, if you see something in the game you think it helps, you do it. Mm. Obviously, ultimately, my tactics will be the bigger picture, but if you see some little tweak you can do and, and do it, as long as you're comfortable. Mm. You know, he's quite good at that and, uh, you know, he, like I say, he's not one of them, you know, straight straight down there it's my way or, the, or, the, or you're off yeah. he's quite open with his players and I think it's good because he trusts us and what were the circumstances around your departure from Middlesbrough would you have liked to have stayed on if you could have at the end of last season uh, I think it was more probably t- the time was probably right for a change I think a lot had gone on uh, I think everyone thought you know I was going back there to finish my career and that, but I've always been very open to you never know do you it's year by year new managers come in and, and I think 
obviously with Jonathan getting the job, my, I was already 90%, nearly 100% done here really. I'd already agreed with Tony that I'd come here and sign and I didn't want to really go back on my word. And I think he knew Middles were obviously there was still interest there, and, but it was it was going on too long. I hadn't played the last six months, I think, of the season, if I'm, if I'm right, over a contract problem. Uh, whereas I played another game, I got an, an extension, which is... With all the fans of fair play and all this coming into it, it was it was difficult. But I wasn't I wasn't very happy with that. I mean, you train all week to play at the weekend, and, and I wasn't allowed to do that. And you know, I found it really tough. Probably the toughest I've ever had in football because I've always been used to playing or being involved, and it was it was difficult. And probably more difficult for Tony Pulis because he had to manage me for six months and keep me you know on side because I was still involved as a, as a sub. But obviously, it was disappointing. I, I would like to play and, and play my part, and missing out on the playoffs as well was so. I think it was. The time was probably right for a, for a fresh challenge for me, especially coming into the, you know, the last years of my, in my career. And how did the move to Blackburn come about? I just got a, I got a text from the manager actually, just to say you know he'd like to have a chat. Would he come to my house? Uh, we live in the same village actually, so it was quite convenient. So I said yeah, no problem. I went with my dad and uh, you know we had a good chat. I think it was two or three hours talking about everything, you know, family, kids, football, everything really. And you can just see his enthusiasm for the game, the, the manager. How he seen me fit into his team, you know, even talking about you know where I would live, and we went down to every every little detail, and I really enjoyed it because he took time out to think about things like that which I said before managers don't really care about the families really sometimes they just care about the player, and but he cared about everything, you know, mm. would I be happy settled if I travelled a bit or this and that, and I just came away feeling really good and confident about it, and he's he's someone who you know, certainly want to play for, he's a good man manager, he's he's a good fella. And like, and like I said, you want to do well for him. And I'd heard good reports about him from the past. Like I said, my brother-in-law's played for him at Middlesbrough. Oh. A lot of the players have played for him. And, and I've never heard anyone speak a bad word about him, really. So it just felt right. It's quite interesting because often we have a sort of image of leadership in our mind, don't we? You've got to be a strong, shouting character, dominant. But Tony's not like that, is he, really? He's quite understated. And he just seems like a decent guy. And I guess, is, is that the sort of person you really want to play for then and give your all for? Yeah, I think football management, I mean, you can ask any player, you get managers who scream and shout and might be effective. Get some. I think it's just working out the player and, and, and you know, let's just say he can shout, he can he can lose his rag, but I think he, he's got a, a good way about him of how to get the best out of players. And, you know, I've, I play for a lot of managers who probably think that they're shouting balls, but they're not. It's how you manage the group, and I think he's really good at it. Obviously, he's got a lot of young players here, so. Shouting probably doesn't help. They need encouragement, they need guidance, they need... You know, that's what he said to me, coming as an older player, you had to help the younger players and, and help him, really, because, you know, he can't, he can't control everything and that's what we're trying to do. We've got a good senior group in the dressing room, which he lets us get on with and we manage the younger players and, and he manages the whole group and it's just his demeanour around the place. Like I said, you, you want to play for him, you want to do well and especially me because he, he, he brought me here. Is it quite a nice mix on the coaching team as well? Because we've interviewed Damien Johnson, who we spoke about, a younger coach, very into the video analysis and things like that. Is, is that a good good mix, do you think? I think it is a good mix. Yeah, obviously, you've got the manager and Vino with a lot of experience. They've had three or four jobs, and whereas Damien's obviously coming into a, a more senior environment for the first time. You know, he's working with players. I mean, he's probably not too older than me, to be honest, Johnny, but great fella. Like I say, he knows his stuff, his knowledge is, is frightening, to be honest. Um, players like him, like I said, he's got a good demeanour around the players. He demands, you know, that the intensity is good in training, but this is what players want anyway. You know, you've, you've got to train well and, and do it well. And uh, he sets good standards and I think he, he'll have a good future in the game. And I know the manager 
obviously thinks very very highly of him as well. It seems like things have gone very well for you. I've, I've seen yeah. a few games and, you know, you've played a lot of games. Yeah. The team's going well. It's kind of on the edge of the yeah. playoff places. Um, has it been everything you hoped for? Yeah. Yeah, and, and I said probably a little bit more because coming off the back of what happened at, at Middlesbrough, obviously not playing, I was probably a bit moody, a bit disappointed. And, and the manager said, that he said, what's the biggest thing you want from the last couple of years of your, of your career, really? And I was like, just enjoy football just to get back to and leave on a high and not go out and think well you know that wasn't very good the last couple of years I didn't really enjoy it and because that's not me I you know if it, if it is getting like that I'd walk away because it, I'm not the type of person to walk around to sulk and, and mourn and the manager said well come and play for me then because you'll enjoy it you'll enjoy the training you play games you play well you stay in the team and that's all I need to hear because I never expect to play every week you know what I mean I, I came to, to prove to the lads that I'm good enough still to play and, and to prove to him that he made the right decision and bringing me here so I think that's the biggest thing, the enjoyment, and generally when you enjoy something, you, you generally get the best out of it, and uh, I've certainly enjoyed it. I've been impressed by how many positions you've played. Yeah. I think when I've seen you play, you were left-back, yeah. centre-mid at the weekend. Have yeah. you played wide midfield as well? Yeah, yeah. early on in the season. Yeah. Uh, that, that was one of the part of the discussions as well. Just you know, He said, I do think you can play left-back in my team. I was a little bit at first, well, I don't know, I'm not sure about that. <laughs> and then he showed me how he liked to play and what, and he, you know, what to do, and I thought, well, I, could, I could play there. And, and he's been right, you know, his tactics are really good, he's very knowledgeable about the game, the opposition, and to be fair, I quite enjoyed playing left-back, it was really good, and uh, seen a lot of the ball, and I actually learned quite a lot by playing there, and things I'd never really known about playing left-back, because I was more being an, an attacking player, but he's, he's really good, like I say, I, I don't mind where I play, the big thing for me is the enjoyment, and we're winning games, and if I'm playing well, then that, that's, that's what I need to do. I was going to go right back to the start of your career, because um, I was reading up a bit on... How you'd go in on, was it the handlebars of your dad's bike to um, Martin FC? Yeah. Um, a big thing I think with you, you're very two-footed, aren't you? Mm. Technical player. How did you hone that as a young player? I, well, I certainly wasn't when I was younger. I was all, all left-footed. And then I remember the, the coach at Martin Juniors used to say, you know, for, the, for the last half an hour of a session, say we had a five-a-side, you, you can't use your left foot. Yeah, everything has to be right. And it just came from stuff like that, really. Which, Looking back, I used to think, well, why can't I use my left foot? I'm left-footed. But it actually helped me, you know, to use both feet, and, and it does help. You see a lot of players now; they can use two feet. You know, the academies are on that to to help them, which I think is good because they can play different positions and go both ways instead of, you know, probably getting red in games where the, the defenders know where they're going to go. And and obviously, my dad take me all over. Uh, we didn't have a car; he didn't drive, but it didn't matter. Rain, hail, or snow, he'd bite me, and everyone used to say, "Oh, here they are on the bike, the two Stewies." And <laughs> it was like a running joke, really, but. Uh, I, did, I loved it, I mean, and he loves football, so he, he would take me anywhere. I think sometimes people forget the influence of parents when you talk about academies and so on, but parents are massive, aren't they? And it sounds like your dad was your big influence, really, as a kid. Yeah, yeah I, I don't think people probably look at that too much. They just look at players and think, oh, well, he was a good player, so he made it as a pro. But it, it all starts from, you know, if he didn't have that parents, you know, that helped me, never, never criticised me, always encouraged you know, obviously he said to me, you can play better or you can do this, but it was never, you know, we never disagreements or I never shouted, just let me play. And, and you see all the young kids now, you see some people who you know, probably don't get that support and, and don't really make it because of maybe what's happened and, and you know, before in the younger life, and which is a shame because, uh, you know, there's a lot of talent in the kids and maybe they just need that extra little bit of, I don't know, there's a bit of love, a bit of, bit of, a, bit of guidance and, you know, uh, and certainly a lot of players 
me that I think. I despair a little bit when I see some parents on the touchline who just get too involved and they're shouting and they have a negative effect on the kids really without realising they're doing yeah. it probably. Yeah, it does me head in. I mean, I can't watch kids football. Like you said, the parents, how many goals did you score? You get beaten, it's all about you know the, the big prize. But the, the long-term thing is, you know, are they, are they going to be good players? Are they going to make it? It's not about, you know, how many goals they scored, I don't think, or, you know, did you do this or do that? It's about their long-term development. And you see them screaming at the kids and you got to think these kids like need encouragement, they need confidence. And probably that is the biggest thing as a young kid, I think, confidence. A lot of players, I, I didn't have a lot of confidence as a young player. I was always shy, I was always littler than the other players. But my dad said to me, oh, it doesn't matter how little you are, you can... If you've got the ability, you, know, you can go past them. They're bigger than you. They can't turn as quick and stuff like that. So that's what the younger players need. And shouting and shouting and screaming is definitely not the way, no. Yeah, that's interesting. Because I suppose when I've looked at pictures of you and cuttings, you kind of assume you were always a prodigy. Because mm. mm. did you win it? Was it the Reebok tournament you yeah. won? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but that wasn't the case then. You weren't always like head and shoulders better than no. all the other kids. Uh, no, we, we had a really good team, to be honest. Uh you know, even when I went to the county team, I, a little bit of, we always had players, and a lot of them have gone on to different paths of careers. Like you've seen at Middlesbrough, the academy, we all had different paths. But even though they, they might have said, I don't know, I was the the one coming through at the academy, I, I never really had that confidence to think I was... I, know, I remember when I got on the first team, I was thinking, I don't think I'm good enough to be here. That was my honest because I was little, I was slight, I was playing against men who were bullying me, but I could always like maybe go past someone because I was little or quick and... And I just, I just got confident and confident as it went along. And, and I think when, once I started to grow into my body weight and fill out and, and then start to catch them up. And then, I, like I said, I got more confident and, 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 and I always had encouragement from, you know, from coaches at Middlesbrough. It was never about my height or I don't tackle or I don't do this. You know, they always concentrated on my strengths. So that would that give me a lot of confidence to go on and, and be a player. Dave Parnaby's become a bit of a legendary figure, really. I've mm. never spoken to him, but, yeah. um, you know, the players he brought through and the length of the time he was yeah. at Middlesbrough. What what was it like to be in the academy in those yeah, days? He, he was he was really, really good. He, he was... He was... T- oh, I say tougher, that's probably the wrong word to use. He was, he was demanding of us because he probably seen something in us that could make us players, and, and like I said, that was his job, and we loved working for him every day. It was... Some are different, you know, some are good, and like, and like I said to you, he never really shouted. He always, for instance, he said to me, You know, I'm not expecting you to go around tackling people, but I expect you to make it hard for people to pass forward. So he learnt me on stuff closing people down. So, like I said, working on, on your strength, if it's a weakness, you can work at it, making it a strength. And he was really, really good. I mean, you've seen the, the production line of players we brought through, and uh, players love playing for him. and it was enjoyable going into work really as a young player. He gave you confidence to say, well, you can get in the first team because I think you can do this, do this, and do this, and you should concentrate on that. And then thinking about the weaknesses, so he was really, really good. And plus, Mark Proctor as well beside him, he was an ex player. Mm-hmm. Them two worked in tandem and they were really good. I've read something actually where Dave Parnaby said he thinks academies are too sanitised nowadays right. and you need that element of like street play and letting the kids yeah. sort of have bit of an input and empowered um yeah do you think that's true it's maybe too slick and shiny now for the young players yeah they certainly have it easier i mean but i don't think you can blame the young players that i mean i see senior lads who have been at other clubs go oh, these young lads have it easier i said but you can't blame the kids it's the way it's, it's gone society and you know even like well, we didn't have phones when we were a youth team but now it's all phones and i said but it's just the way life goes and but i think as young players they should go out into if they go on loan and go to the low leagues and realise how well they have it here. If they go 
League One, League Two, they'll realise how you know the facilities here for except the food. They don't need much of the kit. All stuff like that comes into it and they can learn a lot. I mean, even I did. We had great facilities in Middlesbrough. I went on loan to Sunderland, who were going through probably a financial trouble at the time. They were, you know, Mick McCarthy had them into league foot, into men's football, really, Championship. And uh, you know, I could find out. You know, they're washing the kit and doing little things I wasn't used to doing, really. And uh, that was great learn for me. I was only there a couple of months, but it got me ready to go back into Middlesbrough's first team, thinking, well. Pff, not in a bad way, but I don't really want to go back to that. I want to stay here at Middlesbrough in the good facilities and the good team. and you know. So I think it helps them. So the first team would wash their own kit, would they, at Sunderland? It's certainly into the reserves and stuff like that, but obviously yeah. I'd come from reserves at Middlesbrough where it was all done for us, you know, from the U team. All that stopped the boot cleaning and we were probably the last group or maybe the second last. So little things like that, and just just to say, you know, you're in the Premier League, you want to stay there. This is, this is a proper club, Middlesbrough, we were run properly. We had an up-and-coming manager, Steve McCann, who was probably ahead of his time and had a coach and all this and this, but Mick McCarthy was unbelievable for me and I learned so much in that three months on loan. It toughened me up, like I said, the Championship, and it was one of them where I thought, this is a demanding tough league mm. and, uh, and I wanted to obviously go and play in the Premier League, so it was good. Yeah, and th- that was where you really made an impact, wasn't it? I remember yeah. that because you, you scored quite a lot of goals, didn't you, and yeah. really announced yourself during yeah. that loan. Like I said before, I wasn't very, very confident probably a young kid and I was quite shy and and I think going there I just said you know I want to go on loan to Sunderland I don't know what made me probably say it but I said to Steve McCann I want to go Sunderland want me let me go and play and he said right okay and Tan's probably right and I look back at pictures thinking I was still a boy I was kid was swinging off us but I was ready and I wanted to go and it, it gave me a lot of confidence like I said we've done well as a team the manager gave me so much confidence Mick McCarthy just go and play and he was a very demanding manager but he was quite good with me he just let me play I scored a couple of goals and I thought, you know, maybe I'm good enough. I can play at this level, and and, and because you don't really know until you leave the reserves to go at that to that that level, so it was quality. And what was your progress like after that when you went back to Middlesbrough? Was it mm. an upward curve all the way? I, well, I went back into. I got called back. I didn't really want to go back because I was enjoying playing every week. But we had an injury crisis at Middlesbrough, and uh, sometimes this, this could happen. I got a bit of luck. Uh, and obviously a bad luck on another player. Mendieta got an injury, oh. a cruciate season ending. So uh, Bolo's Endem was at the time, who, was a, who could play on the wing or midfield. And Steve McCann, just, we didn't have many options, to be honest. He put him in the middle, I went out left. We went on an amazing run. He waited for Cup and all this, and then we finished sixth or seventh in the Premier League, I think, which was unbelievable, teaming for Middlesbrough. And then it just, I just fell into the team. But I was lucky, because I, I was probably the only young player at the time going into that team full of experience. And I look for Asselbank, for Duke, Southgate, Hugo Egeog, Mark mm. Schwarzer. And I was a 19-year-old kid playing around all these men, basically, who'd been there and done it. And it was a great learning curve for me, and just to watch and and learn how, like I say, train, play, their attitudes to everything else. And uh, it was a good time. Mm. And, uh, and like I say, if Mendy had stayed fit, then I'd have probably had a job on my hands of getting in the team. But uh, I got a little bit of luck, and I grabbed it with both hands. Mm. Were they good with you, those older pros? Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I mean, like I said, I was quiet. I was, you know, in the dressing room a lot, travelling away with them. I did, I did actually travel the season before I went on loan to every game in the Premier League, but didn't play. And Steve McCann said, "You're going to travel. You're not going to play. But I want you to watch Mendieta, Zenden, watch how they do things off the ball, on the ball, how they prepare for games, how they train, what they eat." And I was thinking, "Well, I just want to play." Like, but looking back, it was a great, you know, learning curve for me and. Because they were top top pros and a lot of international players, and, and uh, so I was lucky in that sense. I think. 
and that, that must be a dream I guess coming through at your hometown club yeah. to a good team yeah. with some of your mates as well who'd come through the academy yeah. at and that then, time and then after me like you said it was like the Tony Hockman James Morrison they were a little bit below me maybe a year or two and it just sent a convert Steve McCann was burning for that because he, he revamped the full club within two years a lot of players left a lot of players in and he came in in a meeting and just said are you good enough you play it doesn't, I don't matter if I'm a world class player and you're a young kid if, you know, and the chairman always wanted youth to come through we spent a lot of money in the academy and like I said the coaching was second to none and probably saved the club absolutely millions because at the top of my head I'm thinking 10-15 players went on to have if not Premier League Championship careers very good careers so it's probably it, it was a it was a, it was an unbelievable spell really for the club yeah. it was yeah. unbelievable when you look back at the time we just took it for granted I think yeah you're difficult this is what it is you look back now and you think wow great memories and we were only young lads yeah. at the highest level so it was it was great experience for us what do you think went wrong at the end because obviously it ended on a bit of a sour note didn't it with relegation mm-hmm. at the end of your period there yeah uh, obviously Steve left and went to England and he, Gareth took the job uh, he, he was really I mean I look back at the transition he did I'm, I'm trying to put myself in his shoes he was I think 35, 36 at the mm-hmm. time he finished playing and went straight into the job his ideas are really good he's coaching and I stayed, you know, I, I could have left a couple of times, but I stayed two or three years of him. He, I really enjoyed playing for him. He was really good. I thought he adapted really well. I think at the end, uh, some of his signings didn't work for him. Probably didn't give him enough as well, if I'm, if I'm brutally honest. Mm. They, they didn't. They didn't. And I felt a bit for him because, you know, you put your trust in people and some signings, and then I don't think they give him 100% in the weren't Probably not doing it for him. And, and, you know, we tried our hardest, and in the end, we you can't carry passengers and, and, and we got found out a little bit in the Premier League so I felt a bit sorry for him and uh, you know like I say he lost his job but I think it was the best thing that probably ever happened to him because he's, he, he's bounced back and he looks like he's done an unbelievable job with England doesn't he with all them you know big superstars and uh, he's, he's a good man he's good, good to play for yeah. Did it surprise you that he's made that transition to be England manager knowing him as well as you do? I thought it would have been more longer term I think he got it, you know, really quick. Uh, like I said, he's only had one, I think, football job, league job. So, but his ideas, I think, the way he's good, with, like I'm saying, it's a bit like Tony. His mannerisms around people, players, they want to play for him. He's good to be around. And uh, I did think maybe another, I'd probably say five or ten years, to be honest. You know, obviously England job, you get that later on, don't you? Mm. But uh, he's adapted really well, and like I said, he's he's, he's done amazing. Didn't he? the last tournament and. You know, fingers crossed he does it again this one. Yeah, definitely. And that must have been quite hard for you, was it, if you see foreign players coming in, yeah. mainly maybe not giving 100% when that's mm. your club and yeah. it means everything to you? Yeah, I mean, we had conversations and I was at an age where I'd got in the England squad and, you know, I was getting, not direct talk by the manager, but it was more, you know, if you want to stay in the England squad, you, you need to move on to a higher level. And, you know, I was having these conversations with Gareth, you know, is it time for me to go? Is it, I've been here too long, maybe... And I can see that you know, some of the lads coming in, it wasn't working. We were, you know, I just thought I'll stay at the end of the season, see how we go. And then, and then I got injured on the last game of the season. I broke my foot, so I thought, you know, I'm here for another year. I'm knackered. But uh, Martin O'Neill bought me for Villa, so mm. I got lucky a little bit there. But uh, I enjoyed playing for him. I mean, it would have been amazing just to get us safe, shake hands, and move away. But we, you know, we had to leave on a relegation, which was wasn't ideal. Mm. And that was a good Villa team, wasn't it, then, as well? Amazing, you know, yeah. challenging for the top spots in the Premier League. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Yeah. I mean, I think they finished sixth the year before I got there. So I knew I had a job me on straight away to get in the team. Uh, but Martin signed me injured and I said I couldn't play till December. 
so I went for a medical, which is strange, on, a, on crutches, and, and he was like, no, you'll be fine, you get fit, I'll speak to the chairman, tell him the long-term plan, which was good of him, really, because the chairman don't sign injured players, really. And he said, no, he'd be good for us, and I'll get him back fit, and blah, blah, blah. so he gave me a lot of confidence straight away, thinking, a man just signed me injured. You know, I, want, I want to get fit as quick as I can, and I probably worked as hard as I've ever worked for that six months. Uh, got fit, got back in the team, and like I said, the team was a really, really, really good team, and we, we were flying, cup finals, and and all sorts, and, uh, and then Martin leaves after one year, which is, for me, was devastating really because I'd just begun to enjoy playing for him, getting to know him more, and, and then he was gone. Is he a different style of manager again? Would would he be as involved with the training sessions and the coaching? He'd be out there, he'd be out there, but they would, he'd let his other staff, like John Robinson was there and, and, and Wally, they'd take all the... But his eyes were ever, his ears were... He could see everything. People might think, well, he didn't see that, he might not have seen that. He sees everything. And he was great. His man management was really, really good. And uh, it's just little things. I mean, you wouldn't might not speak you through the week a lot. Come game day, he's alive. He's in the dressing room, and he, he just makes people feel ten feet tall, telling us you know we're the best wingers in the league. You, you know, you name me better one than you. And then he got Rashley Young probably say the same thing to him. And he just packed defenders. Well, I bought you because you're the best defender in the league. He just make people feel unbelievable. And same again, you want to play for him, and do well. And uh, I was I was I was gutted really when he left because he put a lot of faith in me and but I see him now when I get, you know when we played against him and I have a good chat with him and uh, he was a good fella. Yeah, and he gets labelled as old school now, doesn't yeah. he? But is that unfair? Do you think? I think it is. I mean, I played for Big Sam and they said he was old school, but he was the first manager I've seen who was bang up to date on sports science. Mm. And I played for the newer school as they call them, and they weren't. So I think it's just a perception, maybe a tag, and he wasn't bothered by it. Martin wasn't, Big Sam wasn't, but it's all about getting the best out of your players. I think it doesn't matter if it's old school or new school. You know, maybe a bit of old school is good because you got players now earning big salaries, and you know, and they might need that little different motivation. And, and it's uh, and they certainly had that, that that balance of when to come down hard on someone and when to put the arm around. And they were two really good managers. Then it was on to Liverpool after that at the start of the Fenway ownership. Yeah. Um, how do you look back on that period now? Because it was Kenny Dalglish, wasn't it, who signed you? Kenny, and, yeah. And you got on very well with it, didn't you? Kenny was great, Kenny was great. It was probably a bit indifferent. I mean, uh, the first season, it, the only thing I found, because obviously I came from Villa and if we finished top six, it was an amazing season. Liverpool's, like, if you finish six, it's like a disaster. Mm. Straight away, I'd, I'd noticed that, uh, the demands of it. and you know. But looking back, it was a great learning for me. I mean, the first year, I was disappointed Kenny left, I think, to, to spend that money on the amount of players he had, he should at least be given time. Like I said, he had time, can play a big part. And after one year to let him go, we got two cup finals, won one, lost one, we were unlucky in that one. And uh, you know, I thought the next season we would have got better, we'd have probably brought more players in, and, and you know, it takes time. And uh, I was disappointed he went. Uh, but we, we could have done better for him. Million percent, we could have played better for him. And it was, it was a... It was a I wouldn't say difficult season. I mean, I've had difficult, more difficult seasons than that, but probably more the demands of, you know, that that we 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 all should have done better for him. Mm. But uh, he was great, Kenny. Still speak to him. You know, you get the odd text and maybe now and no, again, or you speak to people through people to let us know that he's asking about us. And he's just a good fella. He's, you know, no airs of graces on him. He's not. He could be big time, couldn't he? Like, the, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's an absolute legend and uh, yeah. down most down to earth man ever. Funny, dry, and. Uh, but he was, he, he was a good man, I liked him. Mm. Why do you think it didn't quite work out there? Did, did, did you feel that maybe the fans were a bit hard on you or the press, mm. or did, did it just not work out? 
I mean, I knew that was coming. You come with a big price tag, you play at a big club, you're under the scrutiny. I, I knew all that. Uh, I just think that the team didn't really click maybe the first year. Uh, but I think he, he would have got right in time, Kenny, but he, did, he wasn't given that time. Uh, a lot of new players came to the squad. It doesn't matter where you're at, how much they cost, that takes time. Uh, I mean, if you look at Klopp now, I mean, how many windows did he get? Eight, nine transfer windows, and it took him time to get that team. Look at it now, it's unbelievable. Uh, I thought he would have got longer, but I mean, like I say, he didn't. But the second year with Brendan, it was, you know, it was strange, really. I didn't get the feeling at the start he wanted me there. I don't know, maybe because I was a Kenny sign. I you know we had a little bit of indifferent conversations at the start. I actually thought he's not wanting me here. time's up and uh, but worked hard got into the team and uh, you know we, 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 we got on after that I played and come the end of the season I was playing every game I was you know and he said to me he wanted me to stay and, but then the club had told me they'd accepted an offer from West Ham mm-hmm. which to me seems that the manager wanted you to go because if he didn't he would have blocked it and I said to him well I'm getting mixed messages here and I spoke to Big Sam and he said to me, obviously, the manager wants you to go to you unless the club wouldn't accept the offer. So I think that it was, uh, he was trying to maybe let me know. But mm-hmm. I've got no hard feelings with him. I've seen him after that Brendan shake his hand. I've got no problem. You know, he wants his own players, that's fair enough. But uh, it would have helped if they did it in a, probably a better way. But mm-hmm. uh, I enjoyed it, like I say, I played in the cup final, I won one. I, I played for Liverpool. It was my dream to play for a club that my dad supported, play for Ken Daglish. You know, there's a lot of good memories. You know, everyone looks and goes, oh, maybe it didn't work at Liverpool as much as it should have. But I look back and don't look at that. It's just probably because we didn't probably finish in the top four. That's why everyone thinks mm. it was a disappointment. Just the more the demands of a bigger club, I guess. Yeah. Um, as a player, would you always rather be told things up front, even if it's hard to hear? That's what disappointed me, because I, I, I knew that maybe if you just said to me, listen, it's time for you to go, I'm getting new players in. He did say to me, obviously, I want you to stay and, and you might have to fight for your place with the players. That's fair enough, that's no problem to me. But when they're accepting offers and I'm getting told more messages from me, that the writing's on the wall for me. It's it's plain as that. And, and that's why I liked you know playing for Kenny and Martin O'Neill, Sam, because straight talk and then mm-hmm. to men's game, just be honest with players. And if they don't like it or not, at least you've, you've given the truth. Yeah. And did he question your commitment as well? He did, yeah. I think it was was it a couple of us, me, Jordan, uh, Jose Enrique, was it? Three mm-hmm. Very, very strange. Because I was in, I said to him before, I was in his office two days before that and nothing got said. I was already under pressure anyway from being the, the £20 million signing. I didn't need more in the press to say commitment. My commitment's never been questioned by any manager. You can ask Tony, I train, I play, I turn up, I do. If you don't want to pick me, that's fair enough, but don't question. And that's why we had our indifferences. And I said, you know, if you've got something to say, you should take my face really not to the press I'm already under pressure as it is so nah I, I, I didn't like the way they went about that but listen Brendan was a young manager learned his way he might felt that was the best way to get the best out of me uh, certainly did well the second year and uh, you know but I prefer just a straight talk and face to face conversation which would, would have been easier and I mean 35 England caps as well um, yeah. how do you look back on your international career I had some really good times it would have been nice to especially in the 2006 Era, that that was an unbelievable team. Just to get in the squad was probably an achievement. Uh, I mean, how it never won anything. I think a little bit of luck. I think you know in the World Cup. I think we'd have probably won it. I think Rooney's was it Rooney sending off against Cavalier, wasn't it? Yeah. Little things like that didn't go our way, and and uh, Michael Owen getting injured and stuff like that. So big, big players, and but we should have won something with that team. It was it was unbelievable. It was all world class players, all in the peak at that time, and. Uh, it was amazing just to even watch him train, never mind, you know, play. They were all top, top players. And, 
but I enjoyed it. Like I said, it was it was difficult enough to get in the squad, and I would like to get more caps. I would like more caps, but you know, I'm a lucky boy that I got over you know 30 caps. Some people, like I said, some people don't get the chance to play, and, and, and I'm very lucky that way. Yeah, definitely. And what was training like with those players? Was it very intense? Yeah, it was because there was a lot of rivalries. You got to think Liverpool, Man United, and there was a lot of you could see I want to be better than you. So not like a, a jealousy thing. It was just you know. I want to show I'm the best player here, and it just brought everyone the best out of them. You could see the Rooney's, Gerard, Lampard, Ferdinand, top, top players, and you could see the standard went up. And, uh, you know, I was, I was at Middlesbrough at the time, and when I go there, you could see, no disrespect to the lads I had, but the level of... It was, it was, it was a big jump. Uh, but I learnt a lot from top, top players, and, and then, like I said, played in some great tournaments and uh, some good experience. What does the future hold for you now? God knows. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is it a one-year contract you've got here? I've got a one-year contract, yeah. yeah. I think uh, the minute I speak to the manager quite a lot, I'd, uh, hopefully he stays. Uh, I'd like to stay on. I've, I've you know, been open about that. If we didn't, and I said to him, you know, we shake hands, I've had an unbelievable season. I've really enjoyed it. The team have been good. It was everything I hoped and more, so I'd look back with great memories. So either way, if I stay, brilliant. Yeah, you know, if I didn't, there's, there's no hard feelings. And uh, you know, I'm really, really glad I play for someone like Tony because I've always been fond of him being a Middlesbrough man and it's a shame that I had to play for him at the end of my career than mm. was it maybe the start yeah he said that actually hasn't he that he would have loved to have had you 10 years ago yeah no I would have because maybe I can obviously I've got to be managed maybe a little bit more now I'm older but I could have given him you know sometimes it's three games a week you can only give me two or I could have given him full tilt you know playing every week playing every game and giving him my full thing but that's what I'm saying I've learnt a lot from him I know he's, he's got really good ideas, the way he sets his team up, and you know I, I think he's a really good manager. And uh, I am glad I've, I came in the end and, pl- and played for him because it, it might have been one of me, one of me, one of regrets. What can the team achieve? Do you think? What's the target for this season? Certainly top uh, top six. I think we've certainly got the quality. I think looking at the games we played up to now, we've give everyone a really good game. We've never been out of you know any game, and uh, been a bit unlucky with injuries. Obviously losing Bradley Dack is, is obviously the big one. He was the top goal scorer. The, the talisman, if you like. And Lewis Holby looked like he was coming to a bit of form, fitness and goals. We lose him and same with Joe Rothwell, he was starting to you know, play every week and, and get his form. And I think we've been really unlucky. So, you know, if we if we get in the playoffs, even more big achievement than, than it was from the, from the start of the season. But five points off it. You know, I said to the lads and the managers already said it, we've got to grasp it. We'll never get a better opportunity. And you know this is a big, big week for us coming up with some big games, so we could certainly put ourselves in the mix. Yeah, and would you like to go into coaching when you finish playing? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing uh, me, me badges at the minute, so I'll get that you know, done while I'm still playing, and so I'm prepped. And then you know if I go into a job wherever, then make that big. I'm ready to go and not just starting from scratch. I think I'm starting to look at that side of it, and because I, you know I've got to be honest with myself, probably only a couple of years left. I would like to go in and help people and. Try and improve people. I speak to, like I said, Damien Johnson. You know, you can see his enthusiasm for the game. It, I think it doesn't matter you know, what players have made in the game or what they've, like I say, you said, the lifestyle. I, mean, I look at players I played with, the Gerard Lampard. They don't need to manage. I mean, their lifestyle is probably pretty comfortable, but it's, it's the love of the game. Isn't it? It's the demands and getting that adrenaline. It's not like playing, but it's you know, it's probably the next best thing. And, and you know, it's how do you let that go? And I think if you love football, then it'd probably be a waste not to to stay in and to help people and, and see people go on and have good careers and if you've played a little bit of part in that then I think that's got to be your motivation or your you know your ambition. Thank you for listening to the Training Ground Guru podcast in association with Huddle. We'll be back next month for another episode.
In the meantime, you can follow us on the website or on Twitter, at ground underscore guru.